Hello, I'm Seb Zachman, and for this episode of Winging It, we will be discussing some rare and extinct birds that inhabit, or inhabited, the contiguous United States. These birds, while no longer impacting us, provide valuable insight into causes of extinction and what can be done to help prevent it. Now, many of you probably think of parrots as exotic birds, endemic to the more southerly parts of the world, but there were actually two species of parrots that could once be found in the U.S. The first of these two birds suffered a sad fate, extinction. The Carolina parakeet was the bird, and its range spanned from the Atlantic coast to the Midwest. Like most parrots, it was colorful. It sported a green body with a red head. As indicated by the parakeet in its name, it was a smaller parrot with a wingspan no greater than two feet and a total body length of around 13 inches. So, what befell this bird that once populated the eastern part of the country, you ask? Humans, of course. While the parakeet had a range extending into the Midwest, most populations were concentrated around the eastern seaboard, where vast and expansive European colonization was underway by the 17th century. Deforestation and hunting proved to be the parakeet's greatest enemy. Deforestation from the growing early American colonies, and later the burgeoning American industrial complex in the 19th century, hunting by the people for the colorful feathers sported by the bird. John James Audubon, the famed 19th century American ornithologist, even noted the decline of the species. The increasing rarity of the bird further drove it into extinction, as hunters and trappers increased their poaching efforts against the increasingly rare and therefore more valuable bird. Research done earlier this year on the genome of the Carolina parakeet even indicated that its extinction occurred abruptly due to the lack of inbreeding indicating genes present in the genome. As the population of a species dwindles, inbreeding becomes more common. Inbreeding tends to highlight genes that are not favorable to a population, so that by there being a lack of these genes, it can be surmised that the population fell too quick for inbreeding to influence the genome. By the early 1900s, the bird's existence was confined to that of pet owners and zoos. By 1919, the last captive Carolina parakeet had died. In 1939, the American Ornithologists' Union had officially declared the bird extinct, over three decades after the last confirmed sighting of the bird. The extinction of the Carolina parakeet occurs in an interesting point in American history. Progressive politics dominated the government in the late 1800s and early 1900s, seeing plenty of conservationist laws passed and national parks established. It is interesting to think that a social bird such as the Carolina parakeet, and the only parrot fully endemic to just the United States, would be allowed to go extinct when its falling population had been known for at least half a century beforehand. The second parrot formerly indigenous to the United States was the thick-billed parrot. Compared to the Carolina parakeet, this parrot is still extant in the world, now confined to the eastern mountains in northern Mexico. Sadly, this bird is classified as endangered by the IUCN. The IUCN monitors and evaluates extinction risks for species.
This parrot is medium-sized, larger than the Carolina parakeet, and has a body length of around 15 inches. As indicated by its name, the thicker-billed parrot does indeed have a large black beak. The rest of the body is green, with some red colorings around the wings and the head. Like the Carolina parakeet, humans were the driving factor in the departure of the bird from the United States. This, again, occurred through logging and hunting. This parent never had as extensive of a range in the United States, though, only being limited to Arizona and New Mexico. The consensus of the ornithological community is that the parent was not even a year-round resident in the United States, but was a frequent visitor to the two states. Due to the lack of study of the birds during the time, the notion of year-round residence cannot be fully eliminated. The last reported sightings of the parrot within the United States occurred in the late 1930s. Since then, the bird has been exclusive to Mexico. It wasn't until the 1980s when the government took an interest in the thick-billed parrot once more. The Endangered Species Act of 1973 required the Fish and Wildlife Service to formulate a recovery plan for a bird that no longer resided in the United States. Their plan? To reintroduce the thick-billed parrot to the southern U.S. The plan involved the use of 88 birds, 65 of which were wild, while the other 23 were captive-raised. Between 1986 and 1993, these 88 birds were released in varying populations. The plan was a failure, and a viable population failed to take hold. Research was done in the wake of the project and found two major issues. The first issue was that the introduced population simply wasn't large enough. The second issue was that the introduced population faced fierce predation by the local raptor populations, an issue they face even in the modern range. Despite these drawbacks, there were some promising signs. The bird populations at least tried to breed and resettle the area. Overall, it was concluded that the cost and availability of the birds in the needed population prevented the project from second attempts. And thus, the thick-billed parrot remains confined to Mexico. As can be seen with even these two parrots, we have a major impact on other species. Or ignorance of wildlife can easily lead to the extinction of species such as the Carolina parakeet, or even just local extinction events similar to the thick-billed parrot. Thankfully, under the provisions of the Endangered Species Act, our government agencies here in the United States have been able to make progress in attempting to revert some of the damage we have done, and hopefully prevent other extinctions from occurring here. What we do matters, and it is vital to consider how our actions can affect the environment around us, and how that may impact the animals that live in that environment. Once again, I'm Zeb Zegman, and thank you for listening.